All right, Kelly. So HR Heretics segment. This one's going to be on Bolt. So Bolt is a payments company. A couple of years ago, things were going really well. They had raised an $11 billion valuation. It's crazy. Now, the CEO uh, wanted to help his employees exercise their options. And the reason why you would want to do that is because, you know, taxes get more expensive as uh, the company continues to grow. The other reason why is because if you exercise your options, then employees can leave and they don't have golden handcuffs anymore. So uh, when he was doing this on Twitter, a lot of people came out, specifically VCs who had seen the crash in 2000s. Jeff Richards um, from GGV was one of them and was like, hey, this is really well intended, but it's been tried before and it never ends well. And what ends up happening is, is if the valuation goes down, all of these employees still have to pay off that loan. Mm -hmm. Some have to pay AMT because there was appreciation from the time that they started until the time that they exercised. And even if the company forgives the loan, which is a very rare occurrence, that's still thought of as W-2 income to the IRS. Correct. So Ryan pushed back, who's the CEO of Bolt, and was like, no, like you guys don't know what you're talking about. Well, last week, Bolt raised more money. And cut its valuation 97% to $300 million. So from $11 billion to $300 million. Ugh. And it's been reported that dozens, if not more than 100 employees, took advantage of this employee stock loan program. I mean, it, first of all, it breaks, breaks my heart. I feel like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I love I, you like Vegas, Nolan. We like like love a good gamble when you feel like you you lose that hand, your your stomach drops. I mean, this that, is your that, life savings potentially. My, like I don't, you can't even imagine how that feels. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't imagine how that feels. I just don't think that's responsible. I mean, we all know. I I guess my message is understand how equity works, right? But nobody does. My message is, listen, I feel awful for these folks. And if you put all of your trust in a company to take care of you and these things are going to work out, at the end of the day, it is monopoly money. Until that thing, until that is li liquid, Nolan, it is monopoly money that no one can predict what's going to happen. And so if you're going to take that kind of risk with something that's not real – just understand it first. Ask someone. Like, I, you know, I just implore everyone to just get smart about equity because this stuff happens. I know. But the, so here's the problem, right? Is like we had, you know, a 12 to 15 year bull market. I know. And they did this at the very tippy top of that to when, you know, liquidity is happening. This is when there were SPACs going on and, you know, everyone's securing the bag and, you know, from Ryan's standpoint, he's trying to help his employees not pay outrageous taxes. The The issue with pre-IPO equity, to your point, is that it's very complex. Yes. The taxes are incredibly complex. And when you see on paper a preferred valuation, you're like, you're already counting the money in your bank account. And it's just a matter of when it shows up. 
And obviously that's not the right thing to do, but that's, that's how most people think about it. Um, I had the, the benefit of working at Carta, which runs most pre-IPO cap tables. Yes. And so that's where I learned it. And Henry was drilling it into us literally on a weekly basis. We put out a ton of content. So for those of you who haven't read Carta 101, 102, and 103, and if you're in tech at pre-IPO companies, you must read it. Like it is just drop everything and go read those articles because it's the Bible on the way you should be thinking about stuff. That said, to your point, Kelly, one of the things that we did at Carta in our offer letter is we would give people the notional value of the equity. And then we had a sentence which lawyers hated, but that Henry insisted that we included, which was, you should assume the default price of this equity is $0. Yes. And have that as the base assumption. And so I'm, I'm in full alignment with you. The thing I think a lot of people don't understand that leads to a lot of this behavior is the post-termination exercise window. And so um, let's explain to people what that is. You want to give a quick primer on it? Sure. So the the de facto, at least in my 24 years of doing this, right, is is when you leave a company and you have options, not restricted yes. stock units, but yeah, options. options at a yep. certain price. Uh, when you leave that company, the day of your termination, a clock starts and you have to shell out money to buy those options before that timer goes off or yes. else you lose them. Yes. So what that means is, Nolan, if you're at Carta and you leave on December 1st, the clock starts and let's say each of your options is a dollar and you have a hundred of them. You have to buy those options for a dollar each at a hundred dollars to own them before that clock expires. Now that works that way with everyone. The issue that I have is the length of the clock, because this is what I think is, is forcing a lot of these quick decisions, these, Right. Even myself, right. You think about getting loans to exercise these things because your window, that clock is usually 90 days. That's, that's the default. That's usually the default. That is the default, which is insane to me. Right. You work at a company for five years, five years. Let's say you leave, you get 90 days to come up with whatever amount of money that is to exercise your options or they're just gone forever that you've worked for. And I do applaud a lot of companies have moved away from that and have gone to the 10-year clock, right, which is the maximum amount of time before an option dissolves forever, right? That's the, the lifetime shelf life of an option, 10 years. Yeah. And companies like Checker comes to mind, but there's others that that have just maximized that. And, and I, I think that that is wonderful. And I know that 10 years is a lot. It's a t- pill right, for, for investors to swallow, et cetera. Make it two, make it two years. Like I just, I, I that has been something that's been a craw in my claw for years and years, Nolan. And yeah. I think that it has caused a lot of stress, a lot of programs like this, a lot of personal loans, people put their mortgages in the line to do this yeah, under, under do. three months. I don't agree with it. And I do applaud the sentiment of trying to help these yeah. folks, right? Like that's, let's just like we do in every episode, we look at things from all angles and peel it back. I do applaud the sentiment of trying to help employees by giving them these loans. I guess the question I have is why not do a tender offer or a secondary at well, that what point? What was interesting, it's being reported that Ryan actually took secondary when he was doing this. Um, so it's, 
it's a it's we you know that's been reported i don't know if that's fact hey everyone we'll be right back in a moment after a word from our sponsors there's a world where your crm is powerful easily configured and deeply intuitive atio makes that a reality atio is a radically new crm built specifically for the new era of companies it's flexible easily configures to your unique data structures works for any go-to-market motion from self-serve to sales-led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts, syncs your emails and calendar, lets you create powerful reports, and quickly builds Zapier-style automations. The next era of companies deserves more than a one-size-fits-all CRM with an outdated UX. Join OpenAI, Replicate, Eleven Labs, and more. Try Atio instantly at atio.com, that's A-T-T-I-O.com, and tell them Nolan and Kelly from HR Heretics sent you. Let me just take a quick step back and and give people some more context because I did work at Carta, and so I've learned a lot about this. So the reason there has to be um, a, a window, whether that's 90 days, two years, 10 years, whatever it is, there has to be a window because you don't pay taxes on options. You pay taxes on RSUs. And because the options are not in a liquid market, such that like, you know, if I was working at a pre-IPO tech company today and I decided to leave and, you know, I, I can't go sell those generally. Right. And so the IRS requires, it's, it's called um, substantial risk of forfeiture. That's what the IRS requires in order for you not to pay taxes on your options. So that's why the game is structured the way that it is. The reason why investors and CEOs want 90 days is because the employee stock option pool becomes very big as time goes on. And you have to be really thoughtful about how you manage that so you can continue to hire more people to help the company continue to scale. And so, look, I have a personal story on this. I have, I have not shared this one publicly. I'll share it publicly now. When I left DoorDash, it was $70,000 for me to exercise. I did not have that money. We wanted to buy a house and the down payment was like 60 grand. And we're like, I can't do this. DoorDash bought the shares back um, at a significant discount, but they bought them back. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. If I would have held on to those shares at IPO, it would have been in the multiple millions of dollars. And so I have personally lived this experience. I talk to all of my friends about this now. And, and I think you're exactly right, Kelly, that people don't understand equity. The more that you talk about compensation, the more educated you become. And I know it's this like taboo topic of like my parents never talked to me about their their cash and like I don't know what their finances are. And there's this overhang from like, oh, well, we don't talk about those things. But I once had someone tell me, and I'll, I'm eternally grateful to this person uh, who I reported to at DoorDash, exactly how much money he made in the IPO. And the reason why he told me is he's like, when you make this much money, I want you to know what to do with it. And so if we frame things from helping other people learn, we can open up the dialogue. More people can then be educated and make informed decisions versus what happened at Bolt to where you're going to have a lot of people be really hurt financially for a long time if they decided to take out this loan. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And also it's, it's fun, right, to think about. I mean, we all 
stock market, this and that. It's 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 another example of something that can be fun, but it's also very volatile and there are pros and cons and there are risks and there are rules and there are things that we should just get smart about. But my other biggest mission, Nolan, is I just, I understand the board pressures. I understand yeah. what that 10 year window does, right? I, I think we, again, we have to look at all the angles. However, if I just go to first principles, I just feel like people should be entitled to what they've earned for the time and the work that they've put into these companies yeah. without pressure and yeah. stress of how they're going to pay for it. I just, I really struggle with it. And that's where I go to like at least a two year horizon here, just to give some breathing room out of the neck collar a little bit. Uh, I just think 90 days is completely unreasonable. Yeah. I, I think people don't really understand how many early employees get screwed from post-termination exercise windows. And like, these are the people like, you know, one of the things Henry used to say at Carta, which I loved and I've, I've since used is like, when new people come in, they're like, oh my God, everything's so fucked up. And, and he's like, if it weren't for the people who got us here, there wouldn't be anything yeah. for any fucked up problems for you yeah. to go solve. Go find them and thank them. <laughs> yeah. And, and the them. other, and the other thing I don't want to tell everyone is, Hey, every fucking company buy all the options. Like sometimes totally. it is a really bad idea to buy those options. Think about it early. You don't have to act right away. You don't have to, but right when you start that company, you should understand. Before you start. Before you yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, and before, yeah. but plan for, hey, how would I exercise these if I wanted to if I left? What does that exactly. look like? Like no one thinks about that and they might leave on their own or they might get laid off and they're like, fuck, how am I going to pay for this? So you know, think actually, about it. So, so request for product to all my comp friends, because I've actually seen these models and we should, some comp person is going to go viral for doing this. So request for a Google sheet that is super simple. It's just a, a model and it's, uh, what is the, what is the strike price? What is the number of options, uh, over four years, assuming those vests and then just like, a this is what it is for you to exercise that. And just that dollar amount, I think will, will make people tangibly feel like, oh my God, like, you know, if, even if you're not an exec, it's most of these companies, it's like, you know, $10,000 plus. It's, it's not insignificant. Exercise. It's correct. And you that just stole my next product idea. So thank you. <laughs> that's just to have the equity. That doesn't mean the equity is actually worth anything. That's like to have the right exactly. to have the equity. That Henry's statement, you just can't forget that. But until it's real, it is not real. Assume it's zero. Assume it's zero. And especially right now in tech as we're going through this downturn, uh, these are the things that I think employees have to get educated on. And we're lucky now that we live in an era to where it's available online. You just have to be able to find it. So I'll link in the in the description uh, the Carta 101, 102, 103 that I think everybody should read. Um, I know this stuff is super complicated. So if you have a, a situation that you're going through right now, just ping me. Um, would love to help you through it. And then on equity, I think we need to have a show that's just on startup equity, Kelly. So, I love this topic. I love it, love it, love it. And right. have been on both sides of the fence. I think it's very important. Yeah, we'll bring on a comp expert and have that discussion next. So cool. let us know what you think of this discussion. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks all. HR Heretics is a podcast from Turpentine, the network behind Econ 102, Moment of Zen, and Turpentine VC. Subscribe, five stars, share it on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. 
all the things.